0: the detail we try to bring you the stories behind the news headlines but today we're going to give you a peek into how those headlines get to you
1: search engine optimization is the process of affecting the online visibility of a website in search engines organic results
0: Search Engine Optimisation, or SEO, is all about the words web wizards put into the hidden parts of a site to get themselves at the top of your internet search.
2: SEO is a, is a TLA, which is a three-letter acronym. So any time I think you're throwing around a three-letter acronym, um, people get confused. Uh, and it's something that just seems like um, magic or witchcraft or something like that. Uh, And it kind of is to an extent because Google's always changing up uh, how they do things and there's, there's so much behind the scenes and the mechanics
0: of all of that. That's Hazel Phillips. She's coming back later in the episode. I'm Alexia Russell and I've dabbled in SEO, but I still don't really get it. So is it witchcraft?
1: No, it's not witchcraft. It's the subtle art of making our stories look good to Google. And it basically just means that our audience can find our stories and find what they're looking for and it's more easily accessible to them.
0: This is Crystal AB Landers, who is RNZ's lead homepage editor. She's also very nice and not likely to roll her eyes when I ask a stupid question. She took me on a tour of the parts of RNZ's website the public doesn't see, the back end.
1: You definitely want to put those keywords in there. You kind of just have to think and ask yourself, if I was searching for this story or if I was searching about this topic... What would I be searching for on Google? And basically those are the keywords you'd put in your headlines um, in your first sentences and things like that so that it can be ranked higher on Google for people to find it. We've actually got two headlines in our CMS. Uh, Hang on, so
0: CMS, that's what we call the back end of the website?
1: Yeah, that's our content management system. So when we put up these stories, we've got two headlines. One's an SEO headline, which is the main... Headline on the story, and this is where we basically put in all those keywords for it to be more searchable on Google and ranked higher. And then we've got a homepage headline, so something that we think will be more relevant to the audience that might catch their eye, which is what you see on the homepage. So there's two different headlines.
0: Okay, well, Crystal, let's take say a headline from the detail. Let's take let's take the Commonwealth Games one. This is a story that Emil Donovan did last week about the relevance of the Commonwealth Games. What have we done right here to attract those readers with the SEO, and what have we done wrong?
1: So for SEO, when you look in SEO on this article, it doesn't really have the keywords at the beginning, which is what you want and what Google is going to recognise. So instead of saying, are the Commonwealth Games still relevant, I would put Commonwealth Games, colon, and then whatever it is you're talking about, the rest of the keywords after. And that's because people are going to be searching Commonwealth Games, and the first few words in the sentence is what's going to come up on Google and when people are searching. So you really need to get those keywords right at the front of the headline.
0: Okay, so it's not just a matter of just having them in the headline. They have to be in a special place as well.
1: Yeah, so the keywords, you want to get all the keywords right at the beginning. So Commonwealth Games. And then if if you're talking about people, are you talking about someone here...
0: No. More talking about concepts in a very Emile Donovan kind of a way.
1: (laughs) But this headline that you have, Are the Commonwealth Games Still Relevant? is a really good homepage headline. So that's a good catchy headline for people who might just be scrolling already on the app or on the website and they might be like, oh, that's interesting and that will capture the eye or a good social headline. But for SEO purposes, it doesn't quite do the job.
0: So it's not just a matter of being creative and coming up with a cool headline. There's, There's actually a mathematical formula almost behind it.
1: Yeah, so for example, Google Trends is a tool that Google has and you can search keywords. So here we've got just taking your Commonwealth One, for example, I can search Commonwealth Games and I've done a search for 2022 20, Commonwealth Games and com Games just to see what people are searching for when they're Googling. Um, and here you can see that the clear winner is the Commonwealth Games. So more people are searching for the Commonwealth Games. So you'd put that at the front of your headline.
0: Like so, so you'd spell it all out? That, yep. that surprises me. I would have thought that people would take shortcuts.
1: Yeah, no. I think spelling out things properly, and especially names like, you know, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau or Commonwealth Games, definitely spelling it out is better. You don't want to take shortcuts with your SEO headlines.
0: Also in the CMS are spaces for tagging, topics and categories, which are crucial. The more keywords you can pile in there, the higher it's going to be ranked on Google. The caption on your photo is also important. It's all a far cry from pre-internet days.
1: You know, you'd think about fact-checking your story and making sure everything's right and your subbing's good, and now all of a sudden you have to make sure you've got good SEO. You know, making sure that you've got all these keywords, it's good visually, there's a, lot, there's a lot of things to it I could go on.
0: Does it frustrate you sometimes having to stomp on your creativity for the sake of SEO?
1: Well, you kind of have to have a bit of a balance. Um, so, you know, working in a news environment, it's quite fast-paced. Um, and, yeah, sometimes you do just have to take a quick second and stop because you know that it's going to reach more audiences. Um, and, yeah, you, you make a bit of an effort with the SEO headlines, but if you're in a fast... If it's breaking news, you kind of just have to publish it as well, so it's a bit of a balance. You have to be a bit of creativity um, as well as being fast and having accurate information.
0: It's a real art, isn't it?
1: Yes, it definitely is.
0: (laughs) Google uses an algorithm and rankings to sort out what you see on its front page when you do a search. News organisations are always trying to second-guess the algorithms because they're always changing. At the moment, for instance, live updates and blogs are ranked highly, except you have to have a few hundred words in that blog so that Google doesn't treat it as spam.
1: First, the algorithms analyse the words in your query, taking into account spelling errors, synonyms, and the way people naturally talk. They also identify the category of information you're seeking, like whether you're looking for the hours a local restaurant is open. Next, the algorithms match your query with web pages that contain related information, considering factors like how often your keywords
3: appear in the text and whether there are pages written in the same language as your question.
1: To rank the relevance of those pages, sophisticated algorithms evaluate the usefulness of each web page based on hundreds of factors, like how recently the page was updated or whether other prominent web pages link to this one as an authority on the subject. Verified
0: media organisations rank highly for being reputable, having a lot of original content and being updated all the time. The first one to put up a breaking news story will be ranked higher than the next one because the algorithm doesn't want to show too many articles that are the same. Those keywords then push the rankings higher. The way search engines rank pages is top secret. It's kind of their special source. There are literally hundreds of ways search engines determine rank, including things like words on the page, the number of other websites linking to it, and the freshness of the content.
1: I think you just have to be on top of it. So we do have a bunch of specialists. Um, You know, we've got, like, a social media team. We've got, you know, lead digital people here. So just basically, you kind of have to be on top of your own game. Like, you can go to Google and find out you know, what their latest, how, how they're rating, their content. But I don't think they're specifically going to tell you that. <laughs> you just have to go and do your own research or go to some some of their classes or training sessions. Or, um, But, yeah, the information's all out there. You just have to know how to find it.
0: Sometimes the fact the information is all out there being picked up by this giant searching spider works out really badly for people. Those people have usually made a mistake, they've appeared in court. Or they've sent out an ill-advised tweet. A New York public relations executive is out of a job this morning. She is apologising for what's being called the tweet heard round the world. On Friday, Justine Sacco wrote on Twitter, quote, Going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding, I'm white. Her words
3: sparked global outrage before her flight to South Africa even landed.
0: Or they fell in love with their boss.
3: Unlike me, though your boss probably wasn't the president of the United States of America. Of course, life is full of surprises. Not a day goes by that I'm not reminded of my mistake, and I regret that mistake deeply. In 1998, after having been swept up into an improbable romance... I was then swept up into the eye of a political, legal and media maelstrom like we had never seen before.
0: Monica Lewinsky is famous for one thing, the events that led to the Bill Clinton impeachment scandal when she was just 24.
3: It was the first time the traditional news was usurped by the internet for a major news story. A click that reverberated around the world. What that meant for me personally, was that overnight, I went from being a completely private figure to a publicly humiliated one worldwide. This rush to judgment enabled by technology led to mobs of virtual stone throwers. Nearly a quarter of a century
0: later, she's still being humiliated. She's been name dropped in more than 128 songs, referenced in lyrics from stars including Miley Cyrus, Eminem, and Beyonce.
3: Partition is a 2013 song that references Lewinsky's notorious affair with President Clinton in the 1990s. In the song, Beyonce sings, He, Monica Lewinsky. Well, the rest is so naughty, we can't go there.
0: In 2015, she got fed up with being the butt of sexist jokes, opened up on her trauma to Vanity Fair, and did a TED Talk on fighting cyberbullying.
3: A marketplace has emerged where public humiliation is a commodity and shame is an industry. How is the money made? Clicks.
2: She got to the point where she was sort of uh, sick of being talked about and sick of being known in as, a as, as certain way and for a certain thing, and she decided to reclaim the narrative. And so she hired a very well-known, high-powered publicist in the States and um, set about kind of repairing her reputation. And uh, she did an amazing essay with Vanity Fair, which is really well worth reading. She did a TED Talk. She did her own website, um, did her own social media channels, and She's kind of like a media commentary powerhouse now, and she's completely turned that around.
0: Hazel Phillips is a comms and PR consultant and reputational damage repairer. She might get a client who once said something stupid, did a bad media interview, or or took some other kind of misstep. And now, every time someone giggles their name, that incident comes up over and over again. She uses her knowledge of SEO to help fix things.
2: I've worked with quite a few senior leaders uh, and in a couple of instances um, worked with people who have had uh, reputational crises that have resulted in uh, negative media coverage. And sometimes people, when that's happened to them, they become quite resistant about talking to media and, you know, they get a little bit scared. Um, and then because they don't do anything or sort of talk to media or talk publicly, um, when you Google them online, you know, which which people do, those people who are high profile, Uh, you just get uh, uninteresting links on the first page of Google. You get very uninteresting results. Sometimes you get a lot of negative stuff. Sometimes the media coverage will still be there. Uh, So, for example, one CEO I worked with, every mention on the first page of Google was negative. Uh, He had had a reputational crisis and been completely slaughtered in the media and had little to no online presence other than these bad media stories. Uh, So we just started doing some basic stuff like, Uh, overhauling his own company website and uh, just putting in some copy about him, filling all of that out, creating multiple pages sometimes within that website because sometimes Google will recognise that 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 individual is uh, mentioned on more than one page on one website and it kind of creates a an indented result, which you might see sometimes in Google, building up social media pages is really handy and super easy thing to do. So things like LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. But the thing is with those, you have to feed the social media monsters. You can't just create them and abandon them. Uh, So if someone just creates a, a Twitter feed and then never posts on it, it's not going to come up on the first page of Google because Google knows it's not got fresh content. So things like that, um, social media feeds will rank really highly in Google. And why all that's important is is because 90% of people actually won't click past the first page of results on Google. So your first page is absolutely everything. And it's about a third of people will click on the very first link that comes up. But other things that can help as well, YouTube, so video results also come up in, in Google. So if you've done a couple of um, videos and you load them to a, a YouTube channel, that will uh, appear on that first page. Images, if there's a lot of images of the person and they're recognisable, Google will deem that important enough to feature in the search results. And then there's things like uh, writing opinion pieces, and this is where my work comes in because often I've, I've ghostwritten opinion pieces and things for people, and then contributing those pieces to media websites and blogs and so on. And then there's other, also other companies or organisations' websites. So if you can get featured on other people's websites and then those sites have strong SEO, that will, will then in turn help.
0: So say if you get someone who – so me as a journalist, into my inbox comes the offer of someone who wants to appear on the detail or wants to write an opinion piece – Sometimes you think that is not made out of a genuine desire to tell people his opinions. That that could possibly be part of this manipulation to get themselves out of a bit of a spot.
2: Yeah, so I I be quite careful with the word manipulation because I think um, in PR and communications um, there's a very strong code of ethics through the um, Public Relations Institute of New Zealand, which is PRINS, and um, so. Uh, we have to be very careful to to see that these this is just using the tools that are out there in strategic ways, uh, and these things are always win-win. So uh, you have to, uh, and this is where my job comes in, is knowing. You know, I used to be a journalist, so mm-hmm. I can look at a at a website publication. And I can say, okay, these are the types of things that they would be interested in that will bring them traffic and will get readers for them. Um, And then in turn, that helps out the senior leader by being able to get some coverage. And quite often these people, honestly, you see a lot of the senior leaders who have had negative experiences and they don't have to have really, really terrible negative experiences. They can just have just small things go wrong with their public profile and then they just become so resistant to talking to anyone. And some of them have amazing viewpoints to share and amazing experiences. Um, so sometimes just facilitating that to get out there is really good.
0: Is this often sort of older people who perhaps didn't grow up in this world and aren't familiar with the Google churn?
2: Yeah, sometimes. I mean, that that can be quite funny. Um, I think we, we're all familiar with the recent story about um, Christopher Luxon making a, a social media yeah. faux pas of being in Hawaii. Hey
3: everyone, listen, today I'm in Te Puké, the heart of Kiwi fruit country and what a great morning we've had today. Christopher Luxon's
0: holiday in Hawaii while, and I quote from his own Facebook posts, Kiwis are doing it tough. Mr Speaker, maholo, aloha, talofa
3: and warm tapuki greetings to you all.
0: But
2: if you go and Google his name, and your mileage may vary because everyone's search history is kind of different, you know, Google will present you with different things depending on the things that you look at. But generally, I mean, he must have someone quite smart doing his digital work for him because... What I see when I Google Chris Luxman um, is about seven media articles uh, straight up the front there. There's a column down the right-hand side that's got all his links and information. And then pretty much everything on that first page bar one link is something that's probably been... He's probably had help with behind the scenes from a digital person. And So there's a LinkedIn page. He's got his Instagram. He's got his Facebook. All those things are frequently updated. And his Twitter. He's got a Parliament page there um and he's got his you know his national party website page mm. as well um, but he's got one thing down the bottom oh he's got a couple of videos too but one negative media mention down the bottom that seems to be persistent on that page so you know perhaps he could find one other thing to kick that last Uh mention off the first page of google but you know in general he's he's kicking it quite well you know he's doing he's doing a good job
0: and that won't be an accident this is probably someone who's got a really good handle on seo and is utilizing it to make sure that 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 those mentions stay the way they want to be seen
2: yeah, and it's the same, you know, apples with apples. If you Google uh, Jacinda Ardern, you get a very similar type of front page of Google. And, and you know, people who are interested in this thing, in this type of thing, uh, you can go and Google a really well-known New Zealander and then go and Google someone who's not that well-known and compare what their first page of Google looks like um, because you have to be quite high profile to get these features in Google. You know, when you get uh, one of these politicians who's high profile, you get a little feature at the top that says top stories it'll bring you the media links straight away, things like that, yeah.
0: Philip says this isn't just about the digital repetition of someone's name.
2: If you had a website for Christopher Luxon that just sort of had his name a million times all through it, Google might might deem that, OK, people do go there, but how long do they actually spend on the page? Because, you know, the search engines do look at that sort of thing, Um, you know, whether people bounce off the pages, you know, close the tab. As soon as they've gotten in there, how long do they read it? All of that stuff feeds into it. So Google knows what's a good result and what's not. So Google's giving you the stuff that's the most relevant for what you're
0: searching. And people do search. That's the first thing they do, isn't it? When you're going for a job, contracting a company, or just being nosy. It doesn't matter how old or irrelevant it is. It's really hard to make that stain on your reputation go away.
2: I worked with one person who had had a judgment made against him by a regulatory authority, and what the result was was that um, it adversely impacted his business and personal life because every time people he ran a small business and every time that people would Google his name or his business, they'd find this um, this media article. And the media article was kind of ageing by the time that I started to to do some work for him. Um, so we just did the same thing, you know, just um, created social different social media pages and made sure that they were updated really frequently. So just pulled on all those assets to push that off the first page of Google. And as soon as 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 soon as we got that off the first page of Google, he saw an uptick in his business.
0: But you can't just hire a person to do a virtual wipe over your past. Philip says you have to work out where you're going wrong and fix those things. Don't have those reputational crises in the first place and keep feeding the social media monster.
2: It's a marathon a of sprint. It takes a lot to update these channels and if you don't have a, a resource in terms of a person managing those for you, uh, then it just becomes a bit of a burden.
0: A friend of yours today described what you do as the dark art. Is that fair?
2: I think when people say, when people talk about the dark art of PR, I think it used to be quite dark and now it's actually just more using your brain and what are the tools out there and just knowing how to use those tools and they change all the time. Um, I think when when PR used to be a dark art, it was probably more about sort of having certain mates in the media, you know, that you could call on to do you favours and I think those days are really gone.
0: Do you think the general public understands the effect of SEO? Do you think they understand when they Google something, what are the factors that have led to them getting the particular result they're getting?
2: No, I I think people don't understand that there's kind of a confirmation bias there, that every time you're Google, even if you're not signed into something, every time you're Googling something, it remembers. And it will remember um, often from your mobile to your desktop. So sometimes I will Google something on my mobile and then I'll go to Google something else on my desktop, and it will um, come up with, a, with my previous uh, entry that I just made, which is nice and convenient. But it is, you know, it is tracking what you do, and that's why I say your mileage may vary. So if somebody out there has listened to this and they, and they Google Christopher Luxon, and they say, "Wait, there's three negative media uh, hits, not one," and that's for some reason that's what you see um, because of your search activity, and I see something different because of mine
0: confirmation bias as you say
2: Yeah and I think that can be dangerous if it's just leading to um, you know you're, you're getting the same content all the time I mean everyone's probably experienced this fairly recently with Facebook um, you know certain things get hidden from you, you don't see your friends um, feeds anymore things like that, um, These some of the algorithms I think on Facebook are slightly broken so yeah I mean these, these things are, they're interesting they're not perfect
0: That's it for today. I'm Alexia Russell. The detail is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and produced by Newsroom for RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. Today's episode was engineered by Mark Chesterman and produced by Bonnie Harrison and Sarah Robson. Thanks to Hazel Phillips and Crystal Aby-Landers. Ka kite anō.